Okay, if you guys can let me know when, we, when you're ready for us to start. You ready? Okay. Welcome to today's police fatality public fact-finding review concerning the death of Christopher Earl Smith Jr. on October 2nd, 2022. I am Spencer Judd. I will be presiding over today's proceeding. This review is being held because the Clark County District Attorney's Office has made a preliminary determination that no criminal prosecution of the officers involved in the death of Christopher Smith is appropriate. Clark County Ordinance Chapter 2.12 requires a public review following such a determination. This is not a trial. The purpose of today's proceeding is to present the public with the essential facts surrounding the death of Christopher Smith. Chief Deputy District Attorney Mark DiGiacomo will, pre will present today's fact-finding review on behalf of the District Attorney's Office. He will determine the witness or witnesses to be called. The ordinance does not provide subpoena power on my behalf and does not allow for other parties to call witnesses. Michael Troiano has been appointed to be the ombudsman. He represents both the public and Christopher Smith's family he will have the opportunity to ask questions of the witness or witnesses. The procedure for questioning witnesses shall be informal with a view of providing the public with relevant information regarding the use of force. The rules of, of evidence, excuse me, shall not be strictly enforced here today. Members of the public observing this review may submit proposed written questions on forms located in the back of this room and present the completed form to the officers that are in the back of the room. I will ask the question unless I determine that it is irrelevant, redundant, or an abuse of the review process. At the conclusion of this review, no formal determination regarding the manner or cause of death shall be rendered. Do either of the parties have anything to add? No, Your Honor. No, Your Honor. If not, then Mr. Giacomo, please feel free to call your witness. Thanks. I called Detective uh, Forsberg. Sir, how are you employed? I am a detective with the North Las Vegas Police Department. How long have you been with North Las Vegas? A little over 16 years. How long have you been a detective? Uh, a little over three years. And what's your current assignment? I'm in homicide. I'm going to direct your attention to October 10th of 2022. Uh, were you the case agent or lead investigator to, into the investigation to the shooting death of Christopher Smith? Yes, I was. And in order to sort of explain the factual scenario that resulted in Mr. Smith's death, did you put together a PowerPoint presentation? Yes, I did. So I'm going to go through that PowerPoint with you uh, and just basically have you explain to us what happened, okay? Okay. So let's start with uh, kind of a summary of the events um, that happened. North Las Vegas police officers responded to a call for service in reference to a male subject in a Halloween mask threatening a citizen with a gun. Officer Malir arrived in the area and attempted to contact the suspect. Officer Malir drew his firearm and gave the suspect numerous commands to stop, put his hands up, and stop reaching. The suspect looked at Officer Malir but ignored verbal commands walked away from Officer Malir and pulled a pistol from his right hip area while walking in the direction of numerous citizens in the park. 
Officer Miller discharged his handgun, striking the suspect multiple times. Suspect died on scene. Okay. So let's do a, sort of an overall of the shooting location and explain the map that's on. This is an overhead view of the intersection of North, North Martin Luther King Boulevard and West Cary Avenue. Uh, the shooting occurred at the northeast corner in a park area. There's a black box you'll see on the screen that basically encompasses the uh, shooting scene and the location where Officer Miller had contact with Mr. Smith. And there's a couple businesses marked to the left of the screen that um, will be discussed as the PowerPoint continues. And so the northern one is the MLK car wash and the southern one is the Kerry Mini Mart. Yes. This is just view? a street view of the uh, same park taken from West Cary Avenue looking northbound. Let's talk a little bit about the involved officer. The involved officer was Officer Malir. His badge number was 2553. He was hired in 2018 by North Las Vegas. His assignment at the time of the incident was patrol in the South Area Command. His call sign was 3 David 10. Officer Malir had no prior officer involved shootings. At the time of the shooting, he was operating a marked patrol vehicle in full uniform, was equipped with a body-worn camera, and he later agreed to be interviewed by detectives. Let's talk a little bit about the decedent. The decedent is Christopher Earl Smith. He was 44 years of age at the time, as well as a resident of North Las Vegas. Had Mr. Smith survived his injuries, he would have been charged with robbery with a deadly weapon and assault with a deadly weapon, both enhanced due to the victim's age being over 60. Assault on a protected person with a deadly weapon, grand larceny of a firearm, possession of stolen firearm, carrying concealed weapon, and ex-felon in possession of a firearm. There's also a witness officer. We have one witness officer, Officer Gonzalez, badge number 2813. He uh, first spotted Mr. Smith. He was arriving just north of the shooting location in the parking lot of the Justice Center at the time the shooting occurred. He heard the shooting but did not see it, and he assisted Officer Malir in rendering aid to Mr. Smith and provided detectives with an investigative brief. Go to the timeline of the events. At about 5.18 p.m. on October 10th, the first 911 call was received and officers were dispatched. That would have been Officer Malir and Gonzalez. By 5.33 p.m., they had cleared the call after being unable to locate a suspect or victim. About two minutes later, a second 911 call was received from the same person that made the first 911 call. They were dispatched back to the area, and at 5.38 p.m., a third 911 call was received. This was a separate caller. 5.39 p.m., Officer Gonzalez arrived and spotted Mr. Smith, but was not in a position to contact him. He relayed Mr. Smith's location and description to Officer Malir. At 5.40 p.m., Officer Malir arrived and parked with his emergency lights activated. Officer Malir approached Smith and issued verbal commands, which Smith ignored. Smith retrieved a handgun from his pants. Officer Malir shot Smith and advised dispatch, requested medical assistance for Smith and administered first aid. So we have at least redacted portions of the 911 call. We've redacted uh, identifying information as to the callers from these calls. Is that correct? That's correct. This will be the first call for service that they ended up clearing, unable to locate anybody. 911, do you have a police fire or medical emergency? Yes, it is. A man just pulled a gun on me. Okay, where did this happen at? 
There's evidence of statue. Where is the statue at? Martin Luther King. Okay, can you be a little more specific? Because I'm not sure exactly where that's at. Uh, Martin Luther King and Carrie. And where are you at right now? I'm in the lot. You're in the lot of Martin Luther King and Carrie? Yes. Yeah. What is the statue? Is that a... Is the that Martin Luther King statue. The caller disconnected that call. Dispatch attempted to recall, received no answer, and dispatched officers to the scene. Officers arrived. Generally, what happened? Um, Malir and Gonzalez arrived. They spoke to people in the park and asked um, if they had seen or heard anything or knew anything about anything in reference to the call. They advised they didn't. They cleared the call and drove away from the area at about 5.33 p.m. Then a second 911 call was received at about 5.35, and both Officer Malir and Officer Gonzalez were dispatched back to the area. We have that second call. Yes. 911, police, fire, or medical? Yes, uh, the guy that I called a minute ago, he's in front of uh, the car wash on uh, Martin Luther King. And, uh, Sorry, I didn't Harry. talk with you a minute ago. What's the name of the car wash? The car wash is uh, uh, Martin Luther King car wash. It's okay, when the, officers, when the officers called you, you didn't answer. What happened? Well, I'm sorry. I had to get away. I don't want to get shot. The man no, but you drunk. didn't answer. Sir, you said you didn't answer the phone. That's what I'm asking is what happened. I was trying to get out of the way, ma'am. Please understand okay. that. I, that's why I'm asking. Now, is he white, black, Hispanic, or Asian? He's black. What color shirt is he wearing? He's wearing a white shirt with a mask over his head. What color is the mask? It looks like a, a Freddy Krueger mask. What, he got a like a Halloween mask? Yes. What color pants? Well, I think it's blue uh, Levi short pants. Where is he at right now? He's walking up front of, down in front of the, uh, the right, car. One moment, what color is the gun? I don't know. It's a dark color. Gray, black, I don't know. Okay, and what is he doing with it? Uh, uh, pointing at me and at other people. Talking about getting is he back doing that right now? Yes, he's around here right now, ma'am. No, is he pointing it at people right now? No, he's not. He's just walking around threatening people. Okay, where are you at right now? I'm, 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 I'm getting ready to go home. Because I don't know how this guy is. Okay, but you recalled so you stayed in the area. <clears throat> So yeah, are you leaving? I got out the area when he started pointing the gun, ma'am. I understand. So are you leaving or are you going to stay yeah, somewhere I'm safe? Gonna leave. So the, can I ask my I'm question, please? Go ahead. Sir, are you going to stay in the area in a safe place so officers can make contact with you? Yes or no? No. Okay. Now he's What's walking your name? in the middle of the street. He's got black pants on, a white shirt with a mask over his head. What's your name? Is that your real name? Yes. What's your last name? Is that your real last name? Yes. What's your phone number? What's your phone number? So 
before officers were able to arrive, now a third 911 comes in from a different call. Or a yes, different. third call came in as they were en route back to the scene. And that came from the Cary Mini Mart, and it was somebody calling on behalf of patrons of the Cary Mini Mart. And as I said, officers arrived on scene while that call was in progress. This will be the third 911 call. 911 to you couple of customers he's kind of wacko right now is he white black hispanic or asian he's black okay he's wearing green socks green shoes a white t-shirt and a freddie myers uh what kind of pants i think they're beige green socks and shoes yes where's the gun right now I believe it. he had it still in his pocket, but he's in the middle of the street on, you know, the, the medium in the middle. He's okay, he's in the there. middle of the street? Yes. Okay, we do have units arriving in the area. Can you still see him? Um, I, I came to the back to call you so he wouldn't know how to call you. Okay, no problem. What's your name? I work at the store. Okay. I'm, I'm going to the front right now to tell you if he's still out there. Is he still okay. out there? The police are right there right now. Okay, are the police with him? No, they don't see him. He just walks across the street to where that Martin Luther, um, with, to the court? Uh, yeah, over there. He walks over the court? He has Okay, he sees him? Okay, they see him, okay? Yeah, yeah, they just walked over there. Yeah, they see him. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. All right, you're welcome. Uh, Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Now, in addition to the 911 call, did you also pull the radio traffic from the incident to kind of set up the timeline of events? Yes, I did. We just listened to how the call came in to the 911 call taker, and now we're going to listen to how it was relayed to officers Muller and Gonzalez. And this radio traffic is in reference to their second response to the scene. Three items, so three David control. Looks like the, my partner has the PR back on the line. Adam Phil Davidson looks like he's gonna be at the MLK and carry car wash. He's advising a BM wearing a Freddy Krueger mask, white shirt, blue jeans, was carrying a gray or black 413 pointing at people. Adam Phelps, David Control, just information. The peer advice he was not going to be staying in the area. However, his rapid SOS is showing him exactly right there. Copy, we're getting another call reference the same. 
Control by zone units, code right on south three units, driving at the 413, 2415 North Martin Luther King. Adam Fox Control, just information, they're advising he's standing in the middle of the street. Adam Fox copies, break. Seems to be a BM55, got a Michael Myers mask on his head, break. White t shirt, black shorts, green shoes, green socks, and a backpack. Copy, shot fired. Copy, shot fired. Copy, shot fired. We're going to be at the MLK statue. Copy at the MLK statue. So, we're going to need uh, additional units, supervisor, we need medical 1018. So, we're taking one in custody. Looks like uh, BM is going to have uh, multiple GFWs to the chest and uh, one to his right forearm. Copy him. What's the status on our officer? All officers are 41. We have uh, one subject down. He's, uh, looks like he appears to be losing consciousness. Now, you indicated earlier that <clears throat> Officer Malir, uh was wearing body camera at the time of the incident. Yes. And it was activated? Yes, it was. So will you just generally give us an overview of what we're about to watch? Yeah, we're going to watch two videos. They're the same incident from his body cam. The first one will be in real time from the time of Officer Miller's arrival through the time he discharges weapon. Second video will be, as I said, the same, but we'll have pauses with notations. Hey, police, stop right there. Hey, stop. Stop right there, it's police. Put your hands up. Put your hands up, dude, I'm not playing with you. Stop reaching, don't reach. Don't reach, do not reach. Hey, police, stop right there. Hey, stop. Officer Miller announced police twice. He wore a standard patrol uniform and walked from a marked patrol vehicle with his emergency lights activated. Stop right there, it's police. Officer Miller ordered Smith to stop three times, all while pointing his duty weapon at him. Smith appears to look directly at Officer Miller. Put your hands up. Put your hands up, dude, I'm up. Officer Malir told Smith twice to put his hands up. Smith ignored the commands and the gun pointed at him and walked toward five uninvolved citizens at the park. 
want to. Stop reaching! Officer Miller yelled, stop reaching, but Smith reached into his shorts and pulled out a gun. Smith's now holding his stolen gun, a loaded 9mm Ruger pistol. Reach! Don't reach! Do not reach! That's a photo of the mask worn by Smith at the time. Did Officer, did, well, was there a countdown of Officer Miller's weapon? Yes, Officer Miller's weapon was a Glock 17 9mm handgun with a 19 round magazine capacity. What did Officer, the sorry about that. Sorry, what did the countdown show? <clears throat> Officer Miller stated that his gun had one round in the chamber at the beginning of shift with 19 rounds in each of his three magazines for a total of 58 rounds. The countdown revealed one round in the chamber, 11 in the magazine that was inserted in the gun, and 19 in each of the two additional magazines. So we had a maximum capacity of 58 rounds. We found eight cartridge cases on scene and the investigation showed he fired eight times. Let's talk about the decedent's handgun. Mr. Smith's handgun was a Ruger Security 9, 9mm semi-automatic handgun with a 15 round magazine capacity. It was loaded with 15 cartridges. It was prior reported stolen through North Las Vegas. The victim in that case had identified Smith as the suspect who stole the gun and DNA swabs from the gun matched Smith's DNA. Was there an autopsy performed? Yes, the following day. And what were the results of that autopsy? The cause of death was determined to be gunshot wounds up the trunk. There were five gunshot entrance wounds documented by the medical examiner to include two entrances to the right chest, one entrance to the right forearm, one entrance to the lower back, and one entrance to the left thigh. Now at the end of autopsy, there's a standard procedure to take <clears throat> toxicology. Yes. And what are the results of the toxicology as it relates to alcohol and any other substances? The toxicology was, uh, there were positive findings for ethanol and THC with a blood alcohol concentration of 0.224. And just so we're all clear, 0.08 is the legal driving limit. Yes, 0.08 is the legal driving limit. Did Officer Miller submit to toxicology? Yes, he did. He submitted two breath and urine samples for alcohol and drug testing, and the results were negative for all. Let's talk a little bit about the investigation. <clears throat> Following the shooting and the initial uh, scene processing, we investigated the claims that were made against Smith that you heard in the 911 calls. The 911 callers were identified and interviewed. And we also gathered surveillance video from the surrounding area to include the MLK Senior Center, the North Las Vegas Justice Court, and the Cary Mini Mart. So was there some video surveillance that covered the shooting? Yes, there was a camera fixed to the MLK Senior Center that was just east of the shooting location and faced west toward the park. I'm going to watch that video now. We'll watch the original footage and then we'll watch an edited version like the uh, body cam with pauses and notations. 
North Las Vegas generate a crime scene diagram to sort of explain where all the evidence was located? Yes, this was completed by our CSI. The yellow dots indicate items of evidence or potential evidentiary value. There is a cluster of dots to the lower center of the screen, which are the location of Officer Malier's uh, expended cartridge cases. And then to the right of the screen and about the middle is the location where Mr. Smith's gun was recovered. And do we have a photograph showing that? Yep, that is a photo of the gun as it appeared on scene. And the diagram to the right is just a circle around that location in reference to the rest of the scene. You interviewed uh, several people, but one of which is the first caller? Yes. The first caller advised during interview that he went to the park to drink with friends. He was approached by Smith while at the park. He said he was familiar with Smith and knew him to be a heavy drinker. The can you go back? Below is taken from, uh, it's a snapshot of video surveillance from the same camera that we just watched the shooting occur. And it shows the 911 caller in bright green and Mr. Smith in white with a backpack. The victim said that Smith had a Halloween mask on his head and was holding a handgun. Smith asked the victim for a ride. The victim was uncomfortable and tried to leave the park. The victim entered the driver's seat of his vehicle and Smith followed, standing in his doorway, preventing the victim from closing the door. These are all still shots from the same surveillance camera. The one on the far left was taken while Smith was following the victim to his car. Mr. Smith ends up walking in front of the victim in front of his walking path, reaching into his pocket, manipulating an item. When his hand comes out, there is the center picture, what we believe to be the handle of his firearm sticking out the side of his pants. The final picture on the right is Mr. Smith standing in the victim's doorway while the victim is in his vehicle. Smith again asked the victim for a ride and he declined. While holding his pistol, Smith told the victim if he did not drive him home, he was going to take the victim's wallet and keys to his car. According to the victim, Smith threatened to shoot him if he did not comply. The victim declined to give Mr. Smith a ride, and Mr. Smith reached inside of the car and took the victim's hat from his head. Smith eventually walked away from the victim with the victim's hat, which is the picture um, at the bottom of the screen. <clears throat> the um, initial caller called 911 and drove to the Cary Mini Mart and made a purchase. When he exited the store, he saw Smith at the MLK car wash. Smith was still in possession of his handgun, according to the victim, and still had his mask on. It appeared to the victim that Smith was threatening two persons in the parking lot. He called 911 a second time. These photos are still shots of the of surveillance from Cary Mini Mart. They're close to the front door. It's apparent that the victim noticed Mr. Smith approaching the store. That's the photo on the left, um, a snapshot of him leaving. The center is Mr. Smith arriving at the same front doors a matter of a, a few seconds later. And the third on the far right is Mr. Smith inside of the store on surveillance. He is standing inside looking out the front doors toward the park. Also interviewed the second caller. We did. She was calling from the Cary Mini Mart. She, was, she advised she was contacted by two customers who advised her that a man with a Halloween mask was threatening people in the parking lot with a gun. 
She provided Smith's description and location to dispatch during her call and said she, and told detectives she did not personally witness Smith's actions. There were several witnesses that you could see on the body cam photo yes. of Officer Malir as well, correct? Yes. And did you attempt to interview them? Yes. Of the five witnesses we saw on body-worn camera, only two were remained at the scene and were available for interview to detectives. The first was a male subject who, despite being within 20 feet of the shooting when it occurred, advised he did not see nor hear any of the events. The second subject was a female who, when asked if she saw or heard any of the events, advised she was Secret Agent 007 Undercover Agent 99. She advised that two meteorites fell from the sky and more than one dog was barking. Detectives spoke to family of Smith who arrived at the scene during the initial investigation. They advised they were alerted to the shooting by a person working at the MLK car wash. That person was identified and interviewed. He advised detectives he did not witness the shooting and was largely uncooperative, accusing detectives of harassing him before ending the interview. Conducted an interview with Officer Malir? Yeah, as I stated earlier, Officer Malir agreed to be interviewed by detectives. <clears throat> During his interview, he stated that he attempted to contact Smith and Smith, Smith was immediately noncompliant. Officer Malir recalled clearly identifying himself as the police and telling Smith to put his hands up. Smith ignored Officer Malir. <clears throat> Officer Malir recalled Smith looking at him and walking away eastbound. Officer Malir described Smith as having an upset or angry look on his face. Officer Malir paralleled Smith's movements eastbound and said he saw Smith reach into his right pant pocket. Officer Malir noted numerous pedestrians in the immediate area. Officer Malir recalled Smith pulling a black handgun from his pocket. Officer Malir stated that at the time the gun was being presented, he perceived his safety and the safety of the innocent bystanders to be in imminent jeopardy. Officer Malir made the decision to discharge his weapon at that time and did not remember how many times he fired. I'd like to ask those in the audience, if you want to talk to each other, do so quietly, please, for there are many in here. Thank you. You can continue, Detective. Officer Moyer also noticed Smith was lying on the ground with his hands empty following discharging his weapon. Officer Malir advised shots fired and requested medical services via radio. Officer Malir said he instructed Officer Gonzalez to place Smith in handcuffs and told him to grab medical supplies. Officer Malir and Gonzalez cut Smith's backpack from his body, assessed his injuries, and administered first aid by applying pressure to gunshot wounds, applying a tourniquet around Smith's arm, and giving chest compressions while awaiting the arrival of emergency medical services. Thank you, Detective. You're welcome. Nothing further, okay. Mr. Toriano. Good morning, Detective Forsberg. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, I can. Okay. Would you agree the main purpose of these type of hearings is for transparency for the public? Yes. Okay. Uh, with that in mind, I may go over some questions that you answered during your PowerPoint. Is that okay with you? Yes. Thank you. So Officer Molier, is that how I pronounce this, the officer involved in the shooting? Molier, yes. Molier? Molier. Molier, thank you. Okay. Now, you're employed by North Las Vegas Police Department, correct? Yes. And you're a homicide detective? Yes, I am. Okay. And Officer Malier, he is also employed by the same police agency, North Las Vegas, correct? He was at the time. He was at the time. Okay. 
prior to the officer-involved shooting, have you come into contact with Officer Malier? Prior to? Prior to the officer-involved yes. shooting, have you came into contact with him? Yes. Okay. And in what capacity? We were on the same squad for a matter of months. I know most of the people I work with. We had several interactions at work. Okay, so the officer that you're investigating was a colleague of yours? Yes. Okay, what about outside of work? Did you have any social interactions with him? Um, not many. We played in a charity golf tournament together. Okay. Is that typical for a detective to investigate a homicide where you, in fact, are not only colleagues on the same squad, but attend social activities with that same officer? We have six homicide detectives, and we have a small department. It's very rare that we don't know the involved officer. Gotcha. And there's no avenues for you to speak to outside agencies, such as Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department or Henderson Police Department, to assist in your investigation? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Do you have any concerns uh, for potential accusations of conflict of interest when you're investigating colleagues and or people you socialize with? No, I don't. You don't? Why is that? Judge, yeah. I apologize. Sure. This is way outside the... Uh, uh, and if the, the people in the back do not stop talking yeah. through this, I'll ask yeah. that they be removed as well. Well, if you continue making noise, if, if you want to ask questions, as I indicated when we started this, there's a sheet you can fill out. We can do that afterwards. But if you want to speak to each other, do so. But don't overspeak or speak loud enough that you're heard by others, please. Okay. My, you indicated you think it's outside the purview. I, my, my response to that is it's well within inside the purview. The detective already agreed that the main purpose of these hearings is for transparency for the public, uh, and they should be able to be made aware of how the investigation was conducted. The okay. actual statute says the factual basis for the incident that occurred going into policy reasons for why North Las Vegas Police Department investigates their OISs versus any other department is so far beyond the statutory authorization of this particular body. My final comment and reply on this is the entire basis for the factual accusations, the PowerPoint presentation, discovery provided us is in the purview of the detectives standing here today, sitting here today doing his job. I think it's clearly something that should be allowed to be fleshed out. Okay, I will just say this. If you can cut those questions short now and the uh, understand that the rules of evidence don't apply here, so some of those things don't apply to what we're doing, but if it is to determine whether or not he was responsible, and if this officer doesn't have the, or this detective doesn't have the responses, then we can go for there, from there afterwards. So go ahead, but uh, if we can keep that one short and, and yeah, go. I have one final question on it. I think Detective, you already answered it, but then Thank you. some crowd noise and things came in. So last question on that uh, subject, Detective Forsberg. Uh, you don't see any in, uh, potential for a conflict of interest when investigating a former colleague or somebody you socialize with? I'm not in a situation where the entire incident is captured on camera. There's really no avenue for me to show any bias. Thank you. You did conduct an interview with Officer Malir? Yes, I did. Okay, and who was present for that interview? Detective Wells, Officer Malir, and the uh, union attorney. And who does the union attorney represent? 
the Police Officers Association. Okay, so you gave Officer Malier an opportunity to have his lawyer present during your questioning? Yes. Okay. Is he required to speak with you and conduct that interview? No, he's not. Okay, so he voluntarily spoke with you regarding this incident? Correct. Okay, but he did so with his attorney present, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Did Officer Malier have an opportunity to review his body cam prior to this interview? No. no. Did Officer Malier have an opportunity to speak to any other officers that were involved in this incident prior to your interview? I suppose he has a phone. I don't know what if he did or not. As far as he told me, he did not. Okay, so you did ask him that question? At some point. I don't know if it was during the interview, but I asked him, did you watch your body cam? No. He talked to anybody about the incident. He his, talked to his immediate family. He didn't mention anybody else. What was his reply regarding speaking to other people about the incident? He had talked with his wife about it. Okay. Ab absent his wife, what about any other officers that were on scene? No, I don't recall him mentioning talking to anybody else about it. Okay. Did you ask that question? Do you recall that? I don't know if I asked that specifically. Okay. Were you present during the autopsy? Yes, I was. Okay. Who else was present during the autopsy? Detective Wells and the medical examiner okay, and so coroner tech. In a corner tech, so four individuals in total absent the deceased. Yeah, okay. I mean there's several things going on in the autopsy room at the same time. I can't tell you who all was in the immediate area, okay. but in regard to his autopsy, I believe there was four. Fair enough. What was your role in the autopsy? I was observing and listening to what the doctor had to say, and uh, ultimately waiting to hear a cause and manner of death ruling. Do you converse with the doctor while he's conducting the autopsy? Yes. Okay, and what is that conversation like? It varies from autopsy to autopsy. Just In this particular one? Yeah, I, I, I can't recall our exact conversation. Okay. Do you recall anything that you may have asked him? Well, I typically ask what damage was done from certain entrance wounds, what are the entrance wounds, how do you know their entrance wounds? Do you provide the doctor information regarding what you saw on body cam or witness statements while he's conducting the autopsy? If they ask, yes. Okay, and did he ask in this particular case? Probably, I don't recall. You don't recall, okay. How long it's did- It's typical. How long, I'm sorry? It is typical for them to ask questions. Okay, how long did the autopsy take? I don't recall, maybe an hour. Were you there during the entirety of the autopsy? I believe so. Okay. And I believe you mentioned another detective was present as well? Detective Wells. Was he there during the entirety of the autopsy? Yes. Okay. Stated earlier during the PowerPoint presentation that uh, Officer Malier had a toxicology test, correct? Yes. And he came back negative for alcohol and all substances? Yes. Did he take that test voluntarily? It's mandated by... Um, I believe it's NRS now. Okay, so that was required by him? Yes. Okay. In your experience, is it fair to say that there's a decent amount of officer-involved shootings that are designated as suicide by cop? I've been a part of an investigation that was an attempted suicide by cop. I can't okay. speak nationwide, I'm not sure. Okay. So you're familiar with that term? Yes. And what does that mean to you, suicide by cop? It means that somebody takes actions that they believe will get them shot by an officer okay. in an attempt 
to not have to take their own life, but let the officer do it for them. During the course of your investigation, did you come across anything that may indicate that this particular incident was a suicide by cop? I don't believe so. Okay. During your direct questioning, you mentioned that there were five individuals that were present like right at the shooting, the uninvolved yes. individuals, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And there was attempts to, there was an attempt to interview all five of them, correct? Yes, by the time I arrived on scene, there was only um, two witnesses still there. Okay, and based upon the uh, quotations from the PowerPoint presentation, is it fair to say that they were suffering from mental health issues? Uh, one of them, yes. The other just possibly didn't want to be involved. Fair enough. Any reason for you to believe that individual who wasn't involved had some sort of involvement? No. It was a total of five shots that were fired by Officer Malier, is that correct? A total of eight. I'm sorry? Eight. Eight, excuse me. How many of those eight shots were fired after the decedent tossed his firearm? Um, I don't recall. You don't know? I would say at least there was two volleys of four, probably four. I would have to slow down the video and watch it frame by frame to know exactly how many. Did you do that during your investigation of this homicide? It was slowed down enough to know that Mr. Smith still possessed the gun in his hand when the first shot was fired. Okay, but that's not the question I asked. The my question I asked was- Yeah, I don't recall how many shots were fired after- You don't he recall? After he no longer possessed them. Okay, gun. did you attempt to ascertain that answer during your investigation of this homicide? I'm sure at some point I knew, I don't recall. Stated on direct, Officer Malier had no prior officer-involved shootings, correct? Correct. Okay. Are you aware of, uh, court's indulgence, are you aware of him using any other weapons while in the line of duty? Objection. That's an abuse of the writ. I'll move on. Prior to the shooting, has he been accused of any excessive use of force? Objection. That's once again an abuse. That has nothing related to do with this incident. They do not get to get into the history. We don't get into the history of Mr. Smith, which we could have gotten into. They did get into the history. In the PowerPoint presentation, they specifically said that he had no prior officer-involved shootings. And that was in there if you want to ask him about officer-involved shootings, but he yeah. cannot ask him about personnel matters related to Officer Malier. That is an absolute abuse. And if the court wants to allow Mapsus, I'd ask to go back there and call somebody because that is an absolute abuse of this process to ask anything about the personnel history of Officer Malir. And I'd also ask you to excuse that woman in the back and have her removed at this point. Okay, if, if you want to go on with that, we'll take sure. a break here, but that, otherwise uh, we can move on. Are we going in the back or, I'm sorry. I say if you want to go back and discuss it, we can do that. Otherwise, uh, if you want to.
<sighs> okay, Council, we've had a discussion about this and um, talked about it. Mr. Troiano, if you want to move forward, and Mr. DiGiacomo has, has been uh, discussing with us, and with this next question, we should be fine to go move forward with it. Sure. So, pursuant to the conversation uh, outside the hearing and the court's instruction, I'll, I'll rephrase that question. Detective, is there anything in Officer Molier's past that you found relevant to this case? No. Thank you. What weapons did Officer Molier have on his person at the time of the incident? He had his handgun, and I would imagine he was equipped with a taser, I believe he was. Um, and assumedly a baton and pepper spray. Okay, his handgun, does he have more than one handgun at, on the time of the incident? I don't recall if he had a backup gun somewhere on his person, but it was not on his duty belt. Okay, so the best of your knowledge, he had obviously one firearm, the firearm he used in the shooting, correct? Yes. Okay, and to the best of your knowledge, he had a taser? Yes. Okay, and what type of taser? A taser. I, mean, I don't know the exact model. Okay. Do you know your officer with the North Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department? I'm Do with they the North issue? Las Vegas Police Department. I'm sorry? I'm with the North Las Vegas Police Department. North Las Vegas Police Department. Uh, do they issue tasers to officers? Yes. Okay. Is it standard through the department, or do you get to pick and choose? It's standard. It's standard. Okay. So as an officer, detective, excuse me, in the North Las Vegas Police Department, what type of taser is issued? Detectives don't have tasers. The taser model has changed since I was on patrol. I don't know what the model is. You don't know the current model? Okay. So he had a firearm that he used, a taser, pepper spray. Is the pepper spray correct? Yeah, OC spray. Okay. And anything else? Uh, probably a baton. Baton. Okay. And you say probably. Uh, is that optional for officers to carry yeah, one? Not everybody carries a baton. I didn't carry one when I was on patrol. Fair enough. What weapons did he have at his disposal in the vehicle? Uh, I believe he had an AR-15 rifle, and then typically they carry a shotgun, and what's known as a devastator, which is just a large canister of pepper spray. Now, we all know what AR-15 is, but with the shotgun, was, are you aware if he had uh, non-lethal ammunition available to him to use that shotgun? Uh, it would have been a separate shotgun that is painted orange for the stock and the uh, foregrip, and I don't recall if there was one in his vehicle. Okay. Is the pepper spray that he had in his vehicle different from the one that he on, had on his person? If he had one in there, I'm not sure. Not every vehicle is equipped with a, what's called a okay. devastator, which is a high capacity. Um, it's used for large crowds. And okay. Did you ask any of those questions during your interview with the officer? No. Okay. You stated on direct that uh, Officer <clears throat> Malia rendered aid to the suspect. Yes. Okay. Uh, what type of medical training does he have? Um, I'm not sure he has a military background, and we all get basic first aid training. Okay. So not sure the, the extent of his training. Okay. So the, through the department, at a minimum, there's some first aid training available yes. to him. And what uh, I know you did it on direct, but I'm just going to ask one more time if you could walk us through the steps that he took to render aid to the suspect after he was shot. Uh, yeah. As Officer Gonzalez was coming up, Officer Miller instructed him to place him in handcuffs and then told him to go get a medical bag, which had 
gauze tourniquet supplies in it. He advised that they cut Mr. Smith's backpack from him. They applied pressure to gunshot wounds that they could see, as well as a tourniquet on his arm, where the same arm that he was shot in the forearm. Okay. So in your opinion, reviewing the body cam, he made best efforts to save his life? Yes, he did. Okay. No further questions. Mr. Giacomo, do you have any further questions at this time? No. All right. For those who are in the audience, if we have anyone that uh, has a question they'd like reviewed to see if it will be asked, um, please give that to the officers here. They're uh, looking there. Please let me know. We'll take a short break. If those questions uh, are appropriate, we can have them asked. If not, I will let you know. But uh, please give those to the officers and we'll go back and review them. Okay, you bring those questions to me. Just to remind everybody, as I said at the beginning, I will ask the question unless I determine that it is irrelevant, redundant, or an abuse of this review process.
All right, as I let y'all know beforehand, uh, these questions are questions I did review with the ombudsman and uh, uh, our senior district attorney deputy, but uh, they are going to be asked by me, those that are appropriate to be asked, and I will ask them of the detective here. And so if, as I ask these questions, if you can answer whatever you can answer, and then we'll move on. There are quite a few questions that we're going to be asking. First off, uh, is opening fire towards unarmed innocent bystanders protocol for pursuing someone who has a gun in an open carry state? Yeah, that wasn't an open carry state. And that, that's, that's kind of a... That's a strange question. I mean, it's too broad. What do you mean? What's the context? Are we saying that there's a crowd of people behind somebody, or are we speaking specifically about this incident? Because in this incident, Officer Malir obviously took the time to, and advice he noticed his backdrop, he felt that it was an appropriate time to shoot, and he made that decision. Okay. How was uh, Chris supposed to have or to hear the first verbal commands in this high traffic area. Uh, I don't know. I assume that he has the ability to hear. Officer Malir was very loud. He speaks loud. Mr. Smith obviously noticed him and began walking away from him, so I would assume he would have heard him. Okay. Again, in the audience, if you will please uh, keep it down to a whisper or all right, does basic first aid training include handcuffing people who have been shot multiple times? No, unless they are the suspect of a crime, in which he was. Okay. Does basic first aid training include tending to gunshot wounds? Yes. All right. Next uh, questioning or questions we had written out. Why was it not made public that Christopher threw his gun off his person? I don't know that it wasn't. And I don't know that he was throwing it. It obviously was thrown from his person at some point after the shooting started. I don't know that that was kept from the public. What time was medical aid rendered? I don't recall the exact amount of time it took. Are we talking from Officer Malir or from emergency medical services? The question doesn't. doesn't okay. Well, it was uh, within a matter of seconds by the officers on scene and within a matter of minutes for uh, medical services to arrive. Okay. If Officer Malir saw Christopher's angry face, why was it stated that he had a mask on? The mask was atop his head. It wasn't pulled down over his face. And I don't see the relevance. What training is required to de-escalate situations that involve guns? Or does that training exist? Well, we take de-escalation training, but when somebody has a gun, we combat that show of force with an equal show of force, which would be a firearm. 
Next uh, group of questions here. What happened to and why weren't non-fatal shots fired? I'm sorry, what? Question is, what happened to and why weren't non-fatal shots fired? I have no idea how to answer that question. I don't even understand it. Okay. Why didn't you show the supposed video of the officers rendering CPR or aid? Because it's gory and there's a lot of blood involved and it's not something I think everybody needs to witness. It was provided to the DA's office, the full video, as well as in discovery to the ombudsman. Okay. Please. Why were additional shots fired, four shots, after the initial four shots? Well, Officer Miller was in a dynamic situation. He advised that he stopped firing when he recognized that Mr. Smith was no longer a threat. Why doesn't the department provide, excuse me, let me go on here. Why were shots fired at Christopher, who was clearly running away? That is the question. Well, he was walking away toward a group of citizens. He had a handgun pointed at him. He was told to put his hands up, and instead he decided to reach into his pocket and produce a handgun. At that point, Officer Miller stated he saw himself and the innocent bystanders in um, a position of imminent jeopardy and decided to fire his weapon. All right. Those are the questions from those in the audience that I'm going to ask. Um, I guess one more time from uh, the attorneys for the county and for the ombudsman, uh, Mr. Troiano, Mr. Giacomo, do you have anything further that you wanted to ask? No. I'll just ask for clarification on the one question that I believe you're um, a little confused on, so I'm going to try to rephrase it, although it wasn't my question. I think the question was, why did Officer Malier not use non-lethal ammunition um, okay. in comparison to, you know, using a lethal ammunition in this incident? Well, in a situation where we're dispatched to somebody that we believe to be armed with a firearm, we respond with the appropriate level of force. Officer Malier was by himself in an incident in an instance where we have multiple officers contacting somebody, there is typically somebody designated to a less lethal option. Being by himself, he did not have that option. Okay. Very good. At this time, this public fact-finding review has been held because the Clark County District Attorney's Office made a preliminary determination that no criminal prosecution of the officers involved in the death of Christopher Earl Smith Jr. is appropriate. Clark County Ordinance Chapter 2.12 requires a public review following such a determination. The purpose of today's hearing was to present to the public the essential facts surrounding the death of Christopher Earl Smith, Jr. Michael Troiano was appointed by the Clark County Manager as the Ombudsman to represent the public and Christopher Smith's family. Mr. Troiano was given an opportunity to ask questions to provide the public with relevant information regarding the use of force in this case. I was appointed by the Clark County Manager as a presiding officer to preside over this public review. 
I too was given an opportunity to ask questions to provide the public with relevant information regarding the use of force in this case. And prior to today's public review, the Clark County District Attorney's Office provided to Mr. Troiano and myself copies of the law enforcement investigation regarding the death of Christopher Smith. The documents provided by the prosecution are considered public record. If you missed any portion of this review or would like to obtain a recorded transcript, a video of the entire proceeding is available on the Clark County website at www.clarkcountynv.gov. That concludes the police fatality public fact-finding review into the death of Christopher Smith, Jr. Thank you.